أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا Alright, إن شاء الله بإذن الله we'll be continuing our, our weekly tafsir درس and إن شاء الله today we'll be continuing with Surat Al-Balad we started Surat Al-Balad last week we'll continue with it today أيحسب أن يقدر عليه أحد يقول أهلكت مالا لبدا أيحسب أن لم يره أحد ألم نجعل له عينين ولسانا وشفتين وهديناه النجدين فلقتحم العقبة وما أدراك ما العقبة Alright, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَيَحْسَبُ أَنْ لَنْ يَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ أَحَدٍ So this one is, consider- this one is continuing from لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ أَيَحْسَبُ يعني Does the insan think أَنْ لَنْ يَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ أَحَدٍ Does he think that no one can overpower him? يَقْدِر from القدرة يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ To overpower him or to overcome him أَحَد يعني anyone so this is a, 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 a way of thinking which is very, very dangerous. For so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is talking about the kafir. He's specifically talking about the kafir. For so subhanAllah does the insan think that just because of their strength, just because of their strength, that no one can defeat them and overcome them. For so subhanAllah they think this and they, they, they believe in this when they are in their prime of their youth or in their prime of their strength. And they do so out of ignorance and insolence. Yeah, I can do whatever I want and no one can stop me. Do they think? Do they think? Do they think that, that no one can overpower them? And this is like the saying of Ad. What did the people of Ad say to the to their Ad, As for Ad, they became arrogant on the Ard until the arrogance led them to what? Without any haq. They didn't have the right to have this istikbar and this arrogance. Who is greater than us in strength? They were deceived by their strength. They were deceived by their strength. And they forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then responds to them. Do they not say, The one who created them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator. And there's a failure that mentioned the Creator because the Creator is able, is able to control the creation. That Allah subhanahu wa is stronger than them. Is stronger than them. The insan, the insan says this when we say, like when they are strong and they are healthy. And they think that no one can overcome them. To the extent that this ahad. Is general, yani no one can overpower me, not even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ayyadu billah. That not even Allah, they think that not even Allah can overpower them. And as we said, this is referring to the kafir, the kafir, the insan, al kafir, al insan, al kafir, the disbeliever. 
But as for the mu'min, what is their state? What is their condition? And they know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of overcoming them. And that he is ala kulli shay'in qadir. That Allah can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And subhanallah, this is why they fear him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they fear that if they fall into the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will overpower them. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will overpower them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ayahsabu an la yaqdir alayhi It's like it's saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do anything So just be careful It's like a warning Yaqulu ahlaktu maalan lubada Yaqulu ahlaktu maalan lubada This insan al-kafir Who thinks that no one is able to overpower them What do they say out of arrogance? They say Yaqulu He says Ahlaktu maalan lubada Al-maal we know what al-maal is Al-maal is al-wealth so what does he say? We know Yaqul and we know Mal. So what does he say? He says, I have spent wealth in abundance. This is what the translation that they'll give you. And subhanAllah, first of all, you got to understand Lubada. What does Lubada mean? Lubada means a lot and in abundance. Wealth after wealth. Wealth comes in and he spends it. Wealth comes in and he spends it. For Lubada is, is from a Lubada, and a continuous, continuously spending wealth. And what is he spending it in? He's saying this out of arrogance. Yeah, he has spent it in fulfilling his desires in the things which are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the things which are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yaqulu ahlaktu malan lubada. However, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ahlaktu, al-halak is to destroy. It is to destroy. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the spending, how they spent as ahlaktu, yeah, from ahlaka, which literally means, yani ahlaka means to, to perish or to be destroyed. Because when they spent their money, they spent their money in something which did not benefit from it. They didn't benefit from it in any way. They didn't benefit from it in any way. For this is why Allah SWT is calling it halak. Yeah, and they spent it frivolous, frivolously and without any benefit at all. Without any benefit at all. And rubbama, there's also the incurring sins on it. They are incurring sins on it. For there's no return on their spending except regret and loss. And nadam wal khasara. This is the only return that they get on their wealth. This is the only return. So when Allah says, Yaqulu ahlaktu, He's saying, I have yani, spent, I have yani, destroyed my wealth in, in uh, continuously in the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes. Yaqulu ahlaktu malan lubada. He's saying this, subhanAllah, out of arrogance. He's saying this out of arrogance. I'm the believer, subhanAllah, they spend, they spend their money in in the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed, they know that this money that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them is an amana. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say where they where they earned it from and how they will spend it. How they earned it and how they will spend it, as we'll come to see. And he will call them to account for this. <laughs> Does he think? Again. Again. Do they think? Do they wrongfully think that no one sees him? That no one sees him? It's essentially saying, does the kafir, the kafir, the insan of the kafir, does he think that when they are spending their wealth and spending in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they are arrogant in this, do they think that no one sees them? Do they think that no one sees them? Specifically, do they think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't see them? Subhanallah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees, if they knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw them, they would know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at something and observing something, it's not just a matter of observing something and that's it. That's an observation. 
when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it, he's, subhanAllah, he's, he's, he's recording it and he's going to recompense and he's going to yani, call that person to account for it, how they spent their wealth. Always, like we said, how did you earn your wealth and how did you spend it? SubhanAllah, the big and the small. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at this. And rubbama, this is addressed at the kafir, but subhanAllah, sometimes as Muslims we have to look as well. Uh, subhanallah, just because we are Mujarrad Muslimin, we are not going to be called to account for how we end our wealth and how we spend our wealth. So they have to be very careful of this as well. Although this is addressing the kafir, the Muslim must also take admonition in this as well. Like we said, this is a tahdeed. This is a tahdeed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a threat to the insan that they should fall into arrogance because of their wealth and strength. Subhanallah, when you fall into when you fall into arrogance and you look at yourself as being subhanallah above everyone else because of your of the money that you have and the strength that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, and you forget the one who gave you this in the first place. Subhanallah, you need to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can overcome you. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can overcome you. Alright, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yana alam naj'al, have we not made lahu? Lahu yana al-insan, have we not made for the insan? Have we not given the insan aynayn? Have we not given the insan ayn? And I think we've mentioned before, al-ayn is a very yani, diverse word in the Arabic language, it can mean many things. It can mean, mathalan, the ayn ayn that you see with, which is what's referring to here, aynayn, yani this is in the dual form, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you two eyes. And it can also mean, yani, the spring the spring of water, it can be called the Ain, and the Ain can also mean a spy as well. But in here we're talking about Al-Ain, meaning the two eyes of the insan. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions the state of the disbeliever, and he reminds him of the blessings that he has bestowed upon him. Why is he reminding him of these blessings? Because when he remembers these blessings, he remembers what is obligatory upon him and what these blessings necessitate. And that means leaving... Yani what they are a lot, what they are upon from al kibr and and being arrogant in their in their wealth and being arrogant in their strength and submitting to Allah subhanahu wa taala. For when Allah subhanahu wa taala reminds them of their of their khilqa, is essentially reminding of how they were created. Alam Allah subhanahu wa taala. He says, an ahad. Do they think that Allah subhanahu wa taala is not able to do, yani overcome them and overpower them? If I just look at this first example here. Alam is it, is it possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove this blessing from him, from the aynayn? For there is a great, there is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do this. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, So these are three blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he gave the insan. These are three blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that he gave to the insan. The first one was, Alam naj'al. Do we not, have we not given him? Alam naj'al lahu aynayn. Yani two eyes. Yani to see and to perceive with. And which also, as the Mufassirun said, they add beauty to their face. They add beauty to their face. When the eyes, you look at the eyes of a person, subhanAllah, he adds beauty to the person's face, subhanAllah. But imagine removing the eyes of an individual and looking at them. Especially, مثلاً, the color of the eyes. If you see, مثلاً, the ones whose eyes مثلاً, are, are blind, you see the whiteness in their eyes, subhanAllah. But it's not something which a person يعني, looks at and, and, and appreciates. It's not a very good look, subhanAllah. For the eyes and the color of the eyes, they add beauty to the insan. And like we said, you just need to imagine yani, not having your eyesight, and then you understand this now. Especially the kafir, they need to remember this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the eyesight. And because you use it so often, لربما, you might forget this ni'mah and you might forget this blessing. 
and rubbama you might even understand it a person might understand it as they start to get a bit older and their eyesight starts to fail them a little bit when it starts to get it starts to get weaker and all uh, yani, uh, the eyesight yani, diminishes and it becomes weaker so subhanallah this is a great ni'mah of allah and subhanallah as as the mufassirun said as sheikh ibn uthaymin said then the eyes they are a direct passage to the heart the eyes are a direct passage to the heart yani tariq ila alqalb a direct path to the qalb. Finally, insan, if they see that which is prohibited, you know, they see the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited for them from seeing. But subhanAllah, it causes a nukta sawda in their heart. It causes a nukta sawda in their heart. It causes a black dot in their heart. Finally, subhanAllah, this is because they have incurred a ma'asiyah. They have incurred a ma'asiyah. And subhanAllah, we don't, we don't need to give examples of the things which are muharram that we are not allowed to see. There are so many, subhanAllah. The fitna of this age is in the things that we see. In the things that we see. For this is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Ghaddul Basar, to lower your gaze when you're out in the street, subhanAllah. So you don't fall into this sin. And subhanAllah, who was, he, who was he addressing? He was addressing the Sahaba at the time, subhanAllah. For this is the first one. Or if they see something which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it increases their iman and they have additional tranquility in their heart and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They look at the Mus'af when they are reading or the things which are permissible for which are which are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made permissible for you to see and has, has you know, given reward for this. And then thirdly, if they look at something which is neither halal or haram, you, know, you look at I don't know, some, you give an example, you look at a tree, you admire a tree and how nice this tree is or how nice this landscape is or whatever it is. So this one is neither halal nor haram. But the, the, the thing is, if, if, if you look at this thing in, in, in a manner which eventually will lead to a haram, so the mubah is not always just mubah as it is. The mubah, something which is permissible, is not always just permissible. It can drag you along to the haram. It can drag you to the haram. For you look at something for so long, it diverts you from something which is obligatory. Which diverts you from something which is obligatory. For example, you are watching something which is mubah and then all of a sudden, subhanAllah, the time for salah comes and you continue watching the thing and the salah goes away. So this mubah became something what? Something prohibited. It became something prohibited. أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ For these are the other two blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the insan with. And which he is reminding in specifically in these ayat the kafir to remember. And when they remember these blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed them with, they will they will they should stay away from the things that they are doing now. So the second one is walisanan wa shafatain, a tongue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the insan a tongue to speak with and to taste with. But these are the blessings la tuhsa wa la tu'ad subhanallah. And he has given him shafatain, two lips, so that the words are formed with precision in their mouth when they want to speak. And also as a means of beautifying the face as well. So the lips also add beauty to the face as the Mufassirun have said. Uh, yes, subhanAllah, these are from the greatest blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because with the tongue and with the lips, a person can articulate what they are thinking. So something comes into their heart or something comes into their head and they need to articulate this. They need to convey this. How do they do this? They do this through their tongue and through their lips. They can articulate what they, what they want to say. In whichever language, in whichever language, in Arabic or English or Urdu or, or whatever it is, or Bengala or Subhanallah, you can, can you can communicate with your lips and with your with your with your with your tongue. For Subhanallah, مثلاً, if, if 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 they were مثلاً, abkam, if they were mute, 
and they could not do this, subhanAllah. They could not speak. Oh, subhanAllah, the only way that they can represent themselves is how? It's through, مثلاً, al-ishara. It's through, the, essentially, what we call today the sign language. The sign language. Oh, subhanAllah, when you speak, a person can just hear you. They don't need to see you, subhanAllah. And you can convey your message, like we are doing right now, مثلاً. You can't see me, but you can hear me, subhanAllah. But subhanAllah, مثلاً, al-ishara, it requires, مثلاً, the sign language, it requires you to, to, to divert your attention. And it requires you to concentrate on what they're saying and to interpret what they're saying. And it requires more visual input, subhanAllah, than just merely speaking and listening. Here, subhanAllah, the, the, the one who is, مثلاً, abkam, who is mute, here it becomes tiresome for them. Sometimes it becomes tiresome for them and even for the one who is listening, as the Mufassirun said. So, subhanAllah, you can appreciate this ni'mah. And subhanAllah, this, 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 this speech and the ability to speak is one of Allah subhanahu the wonders of Qudratullah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wonders of Qudratullah how is it one of the wonders of Qudratullah subhanahu wa sometimes we don't even think about this subhanahu I was reading this today subhanahu and you think about this when the Mufassirun say this subhanahu Allah you think about it you go Allah it's true subhanahu what, what did they say oh yeah what is what is speech speech is essentially air which comes from your lungs air which comes out from your lungs it originates from your lungs and then it exits it exits from certain makharij, from certain makharij, or يعني, certain يعني, exit points. And then it is from this, يعني, and if, if it comes from this particular makharaj, then it is a certain letter. And it comes from this makharaj, then it is a certain letter. And then the lips and the tongue, they form the makharaj, and also the throat and the tongue, all of these are makharaj. And depending on where it is, you form letters. And then these letters form words. يعني, one breath of air results in speech, it includes different letters. And Rabbama might even go into different languages. Just a breath of air. Just a breath of air. Mathalan, where does Kha come from? The Kha comes from your throat. Where does the Ba and the Wa come from? They come from your lips. Where does the Seen come from? It comes from your Mathalan, the front of your of your, of your, your tongue. And then there's the, the middle of your tongue and the back of your tongue. All of the letters, they all come from this. If you've done Mathalan, Ilm al-Tajweed, you learn the Makharij. Where does the Makharij come from? So subhanAllah, this is what, this is what speech is. It comes from makharij. Air comes out from your mouth and it follows a certain makharij and you form words and you... Who sat down and thought about this, subhanAllah? Who sat down and thought about this, subhanAllah, and this complex system, subhanAllah? It's so easy for us because we do it every day. And how the child can learn, subhanAllah, how to speak at a very young age. There's not a complex setup that which they need to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the qudra just to speak like this, subhanAllah. If I think about this... أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ Alright, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now he's continuing the ni'am. He's mentioning the ni'am. And this one, there's a difference of opinion of what this najdain is. If it's, if it's one opinion, it's continuing mentioning the ni'am of the dunya. These are from the ben, يعني, from the blessings of the dunya. Or it could be a blessing of, of the deen. A blessing of the deen. And this is what the first one is. The najdain are the two ways. But this is the first call. This is the most common one. And najd, najd, if you know in Saudi Arabia, najd is an, an, is an area of Saudi Arabia, which is يعني, the, the, the Riyadh area, the Qasim. This is called a najd, يعني, the west of... And uh, east of Mecca and Medina, this is called a Najd. And the reason why it's called a Najd, it's an elevated area of land. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Najdain, the two, the two paths. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear to the insan We have guided him to the path. Which hidayah is this? Is this hidayatul tawfiq or hidayatul irshad? Hidayatul irshad. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided him, has guided the insan and showed him the two paths. Can you take the two paths? You, have to, you take one or the other. You're going to take one or the other. For this is why it's called hadayna and najah. We've made clear to the insan the two paths. We've made clear to, to them the path of, of guidance and misguidance. For if you follow this path, you'll be guided. If you follow this path, you'll be misguided. And we have given, shown him the path of evil and good. So if you follow this path, this is the path of goodness and khair and jannah. And if you follow this path, this is the path of evil and sharr and jahannam al-ayyadu billah. Oh, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear these paths by sending the prophets. And you can't come on the day of judgment you know, with the excuse that we did not know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you here, We have shown them the two paths. It's clear for you. So this one is a blessing to do with the deen. A blessing to do with the deen. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown you the, the, the two paths. And subhanAllah, you, you learn the, the good path and you learn the bad path. Like the, uh, the Sahabi, he said, I used to ask the Prophet wasallam about the evil, fearful that I might fall into it. I'm fearful that I might fall into it. For example, we learn about Tawheed and we also learn about Shirk. One of them is good, one of them is evil. Why do we learn the evil? So that we can avoid it. So that we can avoid it. This one covers a blessing. It is a great blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made for us clear the path of, of good and the path of bad. And then we follow the path of good. And as a, and as a path of following that good is by learning the bad. Is by learning the bad, but not following the path of the bad, learning about it so we can avoid that path. So we can avoid that path. And the second qawl, which is I think Ibn Kathir mentions it. He said this is a continuation of, of the, the blessings of the dunya. He guided him to the two things which nourish him. Yani the breasts of his mother. The breasts of his mother when he was a child. For subhanAllah is referred to as Najdain. Yani the, the thadi of his mother is referred to as Najdain. Going back to the Najd, the meaning of Najd, which means something is elevated. Because yani they are elevated from the chest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them Wahadainahu Najdain. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided him when they were a young, young child, subhanAllah. A young child, they don't know anything, subhanAllah. And straight away they attach to their to their mother's thadi, to their mother's breast, and they drink the milk. And they drink the milk and they are nourished through this. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's given everything its creation and He's created it in a specific way. And then He has guided them to their way of rizq. He has guided them to their way of rizq. Whichever animal you can think of, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it has its method of collecting its rizq. It has its method. Of collecting its risk. Allah Ata Kulla Shayin Khalkahu Thumahada. For where subhanAllah in this case guided the suckling infant to drink from his mother's milk. From his mother's milk. This is another blessing. For here it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the insan of his blessings upon him from the time they were born. From the time where they are born, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sharing them with blessings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sharing them with blessings. And even before before they were born, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still sharing them with blessings. And inside their mother's womb, they are being nourished. They are nourished, subhanAllah, with this, what they call the umbilical cord. With the umbilical cord. Yani they're, taking, they're taking the nourishment from the blood of the mother that goes into the child. And all of this is from the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us of the qudra, of his qudra, which necessitates that we fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and that we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these blessings. And we use them in his obedience. We use these blessings that he has given us 
in his obedience. وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ فَلَقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الْعَقَبَةِ Alright, فَلَقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're going to kind of like leave you in suspense today. We're going to say, فَلَقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الْعَقَبَةِ And next week we're going to tell you what al-aqaba is. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying about this kafir, فَلَقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةِ They have not اقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةِ he has not, what do they say? He has not traversed the difficult path. Yeah, or this is a question regarding the one who says, This money that they have spent frivolously. They've spent it frivolously in the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes. What do they say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying about them, Have they traversed? It's like a question. They have not, have they traversed or treaded the difficult path? The verb means to pass through something with great difficulty. To pass by, to pass through something with great difficulty. With al-mashaqqa. This is what iqtaham means. It's not just a tajawuz, which doesn't really tell you whether it's easy or hard. For when you say iqtaham, that means you've gone through something which is very, very difficult. Yani it's part, yani you've had to yani exert yourself in passing through this thing. And al-aqaba, al-aqaba, yani if, if, if literally, yani if you go back to the to the Arabic meaning of al-aqaba, it literally means a rugged mountain path. Al-aqaba is the rugged mountain path. Maybe it has rocks in it. It's very hard to traverse. Maybe it's very narrow. Yani it's very hard to cross this mountain. Maybe it's very elevated. So yani it has a very steep incline. You have to push and you have to, to get to get across this to go across this mountain path. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's saying that this person, this this kafir, he has not traversed the difficult path. He has not traversed the difficult path. For as well, subhanAllah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as we'll come to see in the ayat next week, yani the path is difficult to traverse. And therefore the one who does traverse it, or no one will traverse it. Unless they have a sincere ikhlas, they have a sincere intention, which makes the difficulty of traversing this path acceptable and rewarding with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So subhanAllah, it's, it's like we'll come to say next week that you are exerting yourself in the worship of Allah, in certain acts of worship, in certain acts of worship, which subhanAllah, they are not easy. They are not easy acts of worship, as we'll come to say next week. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا this is a question. What will make you know what al-aqaba is? What will make you know what this aqaba yani al-aqaba, we said linguistically it means the rugged mountain path which is hard to cross. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember we said what's the rule? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, what's going to come after it? An explanation. Allah, is going to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to tell us about what this thing is that He is asking about. We're going to know what al-aqaba is in the next ayat. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ What does that mean? وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ means we, do, we don't know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. didn't tell us in the subsequent ayat. So yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّهُ يَزَّكَّ In Surah Abasa. What will make you know that he will يَزَّكَّ For he didn't give the opportunity to the blind man for him to يَزَّكَّ For if he had given him an admonition, maybe he would have يَتَزَّكَّ and maybe he wouldn't have يَتَزَّكَّ For we don't know. Yes? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And what will make you know that the sa'a is qareeb? Do we know when the sa'a is? 
We don't know when the size. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ This is why he uses يُدْرِيكَ But yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الْعَقَبَ What will make you know what al-aqaba is? For this is a question. And as we said, the question can mean many things. The first meaning of this question is لِلتَّشْوِيق Does anyone remember what التَّشْوِيق is? يعني essentially للتَّشْوِيق It builds up excitement which encourage a person to traverse this difficult path. What is this aqaba? I want to, I, the true believer says, what is this aqaba? Have I traversed this aqaba? This great reward that is associated with this aqaba. This is the first one as an encouragement. And then the second one is to show the great importance of this. What will make you know the importance of this aqaba? Do you know what this aqaba is? Do you know what this aqaba is? This is this amazing aqaba. Do you know what it is? For this one is للتفخيم, to, to raise its status. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk wa jazakumullahu khayra.